Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. You know, so many people are consumed with worry and with anxiety. Anxiety about what tomorrow might bring. And to be real honest with you, I get it. We see things happening that should not be happening in a free country. We see big tech censoring free speech that disagrees with the political narrative of the day. Our political leaders making decisions that they know will bring about conflict, if not war, or bring pain to its own people. And they do it apparently on purpose. We have a media that is supposed to be about truth for the people, but they either give us false information or abstain and withhold information. There's a documentary called 2000 Mules and probably very few, if any, in this room know anything about it. But it has irrefutable evidence about an election. Wow. The absolute truth about Roe versus Wade is that it, it, its regard to the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, now objectively speaking, if you're being intellectually honest, you really know when you study, it's actually not about the social issue. It's about bad law that was brought into the Supreme Court. And all of a sudden, we've got conflict. And, and there's, there's as much of a problem with that issue is, a, in my mind, if not even a bigger problem, is that there was a leak at the third branch of our government, which has never happened. That means the validity, the legitimacy of the Supreme Court is at jeopardy. Are you feeling anxious yet? Are you feeling a little fear yet? Are you feeling a little worry yet? We understand why. We know what the Word says. The Word says, I set before you life and death. I would prefer that you choose life. It's very serious times. You see, the Supreme Court is supposed to be outside the realm of politics. And that's been broken. That's a big deal. They're supposed to be non-biased for the sake of truth and justice. So we're all facing worries. Worries about our future, both in our world and in our own personal lives. Yet there's no benefit from worrying. In fact, anxiety only hurts us. They have found out that some people have absolutely nothing medically wrong with them, but because of worry and sometimes because of unforgiveness, they have a toxin that invades their body and they can't do certain things. Worry's not good for us. When we're facing worry, we should trust God and allow Him to guide our steps. 
So again, as I said, today is the final day of this series, Love Reigns. And we've been challenging ourselves to allow the love of God to reign in every area of our lives. The first week, let me remind us, was Easter. And that's where we looked at the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter. And we celebrate because the resurrection is the proof that Jesus is the one true King. And when we obey Jesus, we experience that life that He wants us to have. The second week, we looked at how God, how His love reigns over our past. Who says, I need that? Well, I'll raise two hands for you. Though our mistake and our sins can be a heavy burden on us, they should never dictate our future because of the grace and love and the mercy of our Father. And last week we discovered that God's love gives us his, a promise for our present, for our now. We can make choices to create healthier patterns in our lives and renew our minds to live in obedience to God. Now this is the final week. And today, I want to speak about allowing the love of God to reign over our future. We all have wondered from time to time about what the future might look like. Some look to a horoscope or fortune cookies. All right, here, here's, let's go to Panda, right? Some people even go to... Do you guys remember when you would get a piece of paper and the girls were great for this in, in elementary school? They would make these little contraptions, origami kind of thing, and they would put their little fingers in there and they open them up and close them back and forth, in and out, back and forth. And they go, no, no, lift that one up. Okay, now ask another question. Do you like Susie? And you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What was it all about? The horoscopes and the fortune cookies and this. And the list would go on of all the, the ideas of looking toward the future, all these different devices. You know what it says? We all want to know what the future looks like. And we all kind of think and worry about it. You know what? You're normal. Not to mess with stuff that we shouldn't. But that the fact that you worry about the future because the word of God, as we're going to see, knows that, and Jesus literally speaks to that. Because sometimes we worry because of what's going on in our current situation, and it's painful, and we just want it to be over. Sometimes we're anxious about the future because we're contemplating about all the different possibilities and, and, and about a bunch of things that we can't even control. They're out completely out of, our, out of our hands. The truth is, is if we're not careful, our approach towards the future can slip into an unhealthy, an obsession that is commonly referred to as worry. Worry is an all-consuming element it just goes after your time your talent your treasure all of your energy all of your attention and we can't control the future we worry about relationships our family finances we worry about our job we worry about getting sick we worry about everything 
Yet the reality is that our worrying does not improve the situation. Anybody here, if you're really honest, can you raise your hand and say, I worry so much it fixed everything? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, we do it anyways. We laugh and we giggle at that, but we do it anyways. The good news is that Jesus spoke to the struggle that you have, that I have, that everybody has regarding worrying about the future. There in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, it says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing? Verse 26. Look at the birds. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. This is really super serious to me. And now you want me to go look at birds. Hello? Can we just be real for a moment? Have you ever had one of those grandfathers or grandmas and you're crying and it's a super serious conversation. You're there at the coffee table and then they look at you. Okay, and I got a Hispanic. Ay, mijo, mira. Listen, do you see this right here? And you're going, you're kidding me. I just spilled my guts at you and you, and you want me to have a little object lesson? That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's saying, let's look at the birds. I want you to see the principle. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. What's he trying to say? Do you not see the contrast? That's what you do. You plant, you harvest, and you store the food up in barns so you'll have it for weeks and months and years ahead. And yet those birds don't do anything for food. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And then, then here comes the, just a boom. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Wow. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I mean, that's just powerful, guys. See, even though the passage of Scripture that was written, this passage of Scripture that was written over 2,000 years ago, it, it's still relevant for us today. It also shows me that it's human nature that we are tempted, that we confront, that we struggle with anxiety about our future. Otherwise, why would Jesus speak about it so directly? And so powerfully, you would think that he's sitting right here or that he wants to give the message himself because it's so relevant, it's so real for all of us where we live. Sometimes we need to be reminded that God sees you, that he sees me. See, Jesus tells us not to worry about our life. Don't worry about your daily needs. Don't worry about your desires. And then Jesus offers proof for the Father's ability to provide. He points to the birds of the air. These 
tiny winged animals. That sounds good, though. That's a ringer of all ringers. You see, these tiny little winged animals are not anxious about their needs for tomorrow. Because God always provides for them. If God takes care of the sparrows of the world, surely He can take care of you. Jesus reminds us that you have incredible worth and value to Him, to the Father. He sees us. We are loved by God and therefore He will provide for us. You know, sometimes it's, it's an amazing thing. I look at what we've gone through as a nation in the last couple of years. You know, this COVID thing. And yet we're still here. Unfortunately, there's ministries that haven't made it. And we can look and say, if he can take care of the sparrow, he can take care of River Rock. He still has a hope. He still has a future. Amen. We must allow ourselves to trade what we don't know about the future for what we do know about the love of God today. I don't know about this tomorrow. I don't know about that. And what about this? Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to take all those concerns, all those words, all that obsession, and I'm going to grab it all because I know the love of God and say, here you go. I'm here to trade. Let me take all this care and worry. And here, Lord, it's yours. Whew, I feel better already. Handle it, Lord, because I can't. See, sometimes we need to remind ourselves that, that God sees us. God sees every single person on earth and that he has a great plan for you. God will take care of you. You can trust him. One of the most quoted scriptures of all time is out of Jeremiah 29, verse 11, right? And it's a promise given to the Jewish people, but I believe it's still relevant and real for us today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says, and I love how it came out in the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. So, so I'm going to say this again, but when you, when you see the word you, I'm going to say the word Marvin, you say your name. For I know the plans I have for Marvin, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Doesn't that sound great? Not for disaster. How many know your worries will take you to the point of disaster? Now catch this last part. To give Marvin a hope, excuse me, a future and a hope. Put your name there. To give Miguel a future and a hope. To give Coleman a future and a hope. To give Amaris a future and a hope. Wow. God has, has a preferred future and that he longs for you to have. We experience when we begin to let go of trying to control everything and we begin to submit everything to him. Worrying about the future does not have 
any positive impact on anything. It only causes us to become paralyzed by fear. One of the things I, when I coach baseball, I'm the head coach at Jim Elliott High School, and one of the things I tell the guys is I say, what's my number one rule? And they'll say, have fun. I go, what's my next one? It's just as important as the first one. They go, fear not. See, when you're playing a sport and you're afraid, especially if you're a batter, you're in there and you're waiting for that pitcher to pitch, and you're in there and you're all in your stance, and that guy throws that ball really hard. And you know what you do? You go, you step out. Well, now I can't reach with the bat the ball. And my eyesight's all messed up. Everything's messed up because of fear I stepped out. I backed up. But if I stayed in there and I keep my eyes on that ball all the way to the end of the barrel of the bat, and those two meet, I call that the kiss. You got to see the kiss. You got to see the barrel and the ball hit together. See that romantic thing. And when that happens, the ball will fly. And if you hit it really hard, over the fence. But if you're afraid, but if you're afraid, but if you're afraid, you'll never hit the ball. God wants us to know that he has a plan, he has a hope, he has a future for us. But we got to make sure that we are not going to be paralyzed by fear. The fear of what the unknown is in the future, the fear of this, the fear of that. We have got to bring that fear and lay it at the throne of the Lord. You know, there's three simple questions you can ask yourself to help determine God's leading in your life. If an opportunity arises in your life, you may wonder if this is God or is it not? I mean, there's some really good things that come your way and, and all of a sudden the Lord tells you not to do it and later you go, whew, I'm so glad I said no to that. How many unanswered prayers? Oh yeah? Let me give you an example. How many have ever were in love with that person when you were in high school? Woo-wee! And you got hooked up and you go, wait a minute, this ain't going to work out. I can see something's not right with this. And you, you put a stop to it and you moved on. And then 20 years later, you found that person. And then they were, I don't know, they were at Lowe's or at Walmart or something. You came across, hi. And you walked away from that little interaction. You go, whew, thank you, Jesus, for unanswered prayers. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Sometime a no is a wonderful thing we got to trust the king. So what are these three questions we can ask when an opportunity comes at it? How do we know it's God and not ourselves? How many know that you could be sometimes your worst enemy? So here's one question. Does this opportunity align with Scripture? Would you be violating God's direction and God's wisdom that has already been given to us in His Word, if you went with that opportunity, would you be compromising the Word of God? Then the answer would be, stay away from it. Here's another one. Will this opportunity 
Make me more like Jesus. If you take part in that opportunity, would it allow you to be Christ-like? Or will it help you take your next step closer to Jesus? Or pull you away from Jesus? If it will, then there's a good chance this could be part of God's plan for your life. Here's a third one. Will this opportunity benefit others? See, God is all about us serving others. Matter of fact, if you want to find joy, you need to do joy. J, Jesus first. O, others second. Y, yourself last. So if you see an opportunity and God's coming, and is there a way by doing this that it helps other people? Well, I guarantee you that that's probably part of God's plan. He's told us that's part of it. Mark Twain once said, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. I'll say that again. Mark Twain. The two most important days of your life are the day when you are born and the day you found out why. You see, folks, a person's future is tied directly to their purpose, to God's plan for their life. Let's look at seeking God first. Because that's where we begin to find our purpose. Jesus gives us a way to ensure that our future falls in line with His will for our lives. It's about priorities. It's easy to have our priorities focused on the wrong things because honestly, it's easy to get anxious. It's easy to be stressed and worried about the future. And then Jesus speaks to that. Let's look again at Matthew chapter 6. We'll start at verse 28 this time. And why worry about your clothing? Because um, it's important, God. Right? People would not want to see me naked. Right? See, these are practical, down-to-earth things that Jesus is trying to get to. I know you're worried. Are you going to have enough cold winter clothes for the winter because of where the scripture is written? It gets really cold in the winter. Are you going to have enough for the summer? Are there going to be enough for your children and for your spouse and extended family? Will you have enough for the stranger and the foreigner that will come by and need to sleep in your home? And you're worried. And then he does the most craziest thing again. He doesn't talk about birds. He talks about flowers. Really, Jesus? He says, hear me out. He says, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully, beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Wow. See, He connects Marvin's problem with worry to my lack of 
of faith. He says, you're missing this and you have way too much of that. Too much worry means little faith. Great faith means little to no worry. So I need to go where when I'm worrying? I need to go measure how much is my faith weighing today. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of, say with me, unbelievers. What? He just got on my case that if I'm worrying, I, I have an issue with my faith. And now he tells me that I'm a pagan. That I'm an unbeliever. If I'm worrying obsessively. Then he goes on, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. What does that mean? That means God sees you. God is intimately involved. He knows how much is in your cabinets. He knows how much gas is in your car. He knows how much is in your bank account. He knows what you've gotten, what you don't have, and what you need. That's powerful. What's it say there? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So here it is. Seek. The kingdom of God above all else. I like how it says in another version, seek ye first the kingdom of God. First, the priority. First. I like this too. But above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. And somebody say amen to that. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, verse 33 says that we should seek the kingdom of God above all else, to seek God first in all things, right? And this should be our priority. Jesus says if we seek God first, that everything else will have a way of falling into place. And you're going to see that physically in just a second. When we're seeking God first, then when we come across a brand new relationship, all of a sudden we real, begin to realize, because I'm putting God first, all of a sudden God brings a new relationship into my life, and I realize, like, that relationship's incredible. I couldn't even imagine where, that, where God was going to take me with that. Why? Because I was seeking God first. And He brought in the right relationships of friends, of family, of whatever might be needed. And when we seek God first, we live life with humility. And that becomes what we will be known for. And when we seek God first, our wants and our desires become more like things that God wants and desires for us. It's like all of a sudden, I begin to have my father's eyes. I value what he values. I like what he likes. I love what he loves. My heart begins to pound in synergy with his heart beating. So 
let me ask if the guys couldn't bring this table over here. I want to share a visual aid with us as we close. And this is just a really neat illustration about priorities. So let's pretend this is your, the will of God in your life, the bull. Okay? And you want all of what God has for you. But for whatever reason, we're not allowing God's core values to prioritize our life. And so we take all of the worries and the anxieties and the stresses and the fears of life that have nothing to do with God in, and we just dump them in all the way in. It's all there. Every bit of it. And then, now that we put our stuff in first, we go to God and we say, God, and God says, these are the big things. These are the big things I want you to put. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right? Above all else, put these in first. And so we try to put them all in. Make it all get in there. And we try to get the lid on it. It's not working. Huh. But what if instead of doing it Marvin's way, I decide to do it God's way? All the way. I take the big things, and I, above all else, first... I put the kingdom things in, the fellowship, the daily devotion. I put everything regarding what God says is important. I put that in first. And then I pour in all my other stuff, little by little, in. I wonder if it will work. And it all fits. Not a magic trick. Just pretty simple. First things first. And then all of a sudden, it fills in all the voids. And before you know it, you can get more in your life. And you will have the fullness of God's will in your life. Because you put first things first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. And there's no room for worry. There's no room for anxiety. There's just room for all that the Lord has for you. You pray with me? Well, Father God, I know I feel convicted by this little visual aid of seeing how important it is to, be, to defeat the temptation of worry and anxiety and stress. So much of that comes because we care and we love. But Lord, you make it really, really super abundantly clear Seek the kingdom first. And because of your great love, 
you'll add all the other stuff. No matter what's going on internationally, no matter what's going on in the States, no matter what big social issue of the day, God, we don't have to be worried about these things that you will provide. If you take care of birds, you'll take care of us. You'll take care of the need of baby formula. God, there's nothing you can't do. That light will always overtake darkness. But Lord, we have a requirement. Seek first the kingdom. Above all else, God first. So Lord, help us to feel convicted but not condemned by a message like this. That we can make the adjustment and then give you all the praise and all the glory. So if there's anybody here today and you would say, hey, pastor, I connect with this message. I've been worrying. I've had anxiety. I've had some fears. And it's just time to put God first. And I just want to make that adjustment. Would you pray with me? If that's you, would you look up at me, raise your hand? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Well, Father, I just lift up each and every person. Lord, who's facing the realities of what's in the world. We're not ignoring those things. We're just choosing to put Jesus first. We're just choosing to put the kingdom values first. We seek you. And I pray that you would inspire the, the reality that you are able to be trusted. That you will never leave. You will never abandon. You will never forsake. That you will always fulfill your promises according to the Word of God. And Lord, we lift up your name on high. And we embrace the Word and the promises of God. Yes. Why? Because your love reigns. And in Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.